Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, listen, we've been talking about change. And we've been talking about how and the process by which God uses his, his um, avenues uh, to change us. And we talked about how the first thing we have to do is, is we have to recognize the need for change. We have to second let go of a lot of the baggage that maybe we've been given um, some that maybe we picked up on our own. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ever picked up any baggage on your own going down the road? <laughs> I have. Um, removing the labels and finally uh, aligning, aligning our life with what God says that we are. And that is a tough one. Uh, aligning our life with, with God and his word and taking where we are and looking at where God says that we need to be or what God says he wants for us and taking that and aligning that up, sometimes it's really difficult. It's really difficult because a lot of times we get so far off course that we don't think there's a way that we can get back. But let me tell you something, there is a way you can get back. I want to let you know that. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the way you can get back today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. If you'll turn there, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. If you'll turn there, I think we're going to go Methodist a little bit today. You guys stand up and let's read God's Word, okay? Y'all stand up at the reading of God's Word. Let's do it. All right? Let's stand up. This is what God's Word says to us. It says this. It says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought Christ merely... We thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know now. This means that anyone, and I want you to hear that, anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. I want to read that last line. The old life has gone, and the new life has begun. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for your word. God, teach us through it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a seat. Hey, listen, one of my favorite movies, I hate to say this, and I, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this because I'm kind of a manly man. You know, I like Jeeps and guns and chicks. You know what I'm saying? Chick. One chick. Wendy. I like one chick. <laughs> That's bad. I like chick. You, know, you ever said something? It's like, I like one chick. One chick. One chick. I used to like chicks. Now I like one chick. Um, but one of my favorite movies is called The Princess Bride. You guys ever heard that? Uh, y'all love it too, huh? All right. Uh, well, every girl goes, love it. Every guy's going, what? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? I just said it wrong. It's not The Princess Bride. I love that movie too. And my name is Amiga Montoya. Uh, you kill my father, prepare to die. Not that movie. It's The Princess Diaries that I like. Now my man card has been taken immediately, right? I know, right? Well, let me tell you one of the reasons why I like The Princess Diaries, because the girl that plays the, the, the little princess, the, she looks a lot like Wendy. 
All right? A lot of people have always told Wendy that. So I kind of like it because it's kind of cool. Well, here's the situation in the princess diaries. The princess diaries is this. There's a girl who has no clue that she's a princess, right? She has no clue. She's kind of clueless, and she's kind of a dork. All right, she's kind of a klutzy-looking girl, and it's like she has all these kind of different issues with her hair and glam. I mean, she's like, looks all this way. And all of a sudden, she realizes who she is. She realizes who she is. She realizes exactly who she is. And the movie is really funny. I think they made like 12 of them. You know, Disney, if they take one thing, they just go and keep on making it until everybody stops coming. And then they start releasing it on video. Um, but but the, the whole premise is, is she finally figures out who it is that she was, who it is. And the cool thing is is she mixes a lot of her personality with who she's supposed to be. And the end result is this incredible, incredible movie that I probably shouldn't have told you guys I watched, but this incredible movie that has an incredible, it's just an incredible story of someone who was living a life, really, that, that they were living a life that they weren't necessarily upset about, but they were living a life that now, that now they are very, very happy about. That they actually walked in and became who it is that they were supposed to be all along. All along, it's who they're supposed to be. Second Corinthians chapter 5, at the end, I read it to you. It says this, it says, this means anyone who belongs in Christ is a what? It doesn't say it's an old person. It doesn't say it's a person that has, has, uh, um, ha- has just gone about their way and just kind of meandered through life and has just taken. It also doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that, that God took uh, all your junk and polished you off a little bit uh, and then is working with all your junk and polishing you off and he can overcome all the... It didn't say... It says it's a new creation, is a new person, is a new creation. Right. I used to think that what God would do is God would take me and he would go and he, he, would, he would basically take like I was a car. And he would take me and he would actually mold my vehicle that I've already in and he would mold it to something that would be beautiful. But that's a lie. That's not what happened at all. What he did is he took my old Pinto and he took it to the, to the scrap heap. All right. And he gave me a brand new Jeep. 2018 Rubicon with big tires. If anybody ever wants to. Let me borrow one. Um, he, he, that's what he did. That's what he did. The scripture says this. It actually means this. It says, there has been an exchange. All right, there's an exchange. You've exchanged one life for another. One life for another. Can I tell you something? A lot of us aren't doing that. We're not. A lot of us are trying to take our pinto. All right? Now, whenever I was in school, there was these guys. I'm not saying I was one of them, but my car cost 1000 and my stereo cost 3000 I'm just letting you know. Um, there was these guys that would, they're, they're like their grandpa, their peepaw would take, give them this car. And they would say, hey, son, you can have, you know, the, the 76, uh, uh, you know, Pinto. You can have it. And so because their parents didn't have the money to buy them something really nice, they would take that 76 Pinto and they would put big tires on it on a pinto. <laughs> they would put big tires on it. Last yesterday, we went to Walmart uh, in, in Noonan. If you ever want to go to Walmart in Noonan uh, and have some fun, just go through and look at some of the vehicles in the parking lot. All right, yesterday we saw a, an S10. It was an S10 truck. Someone had taken the S10 truck and spray painted, not painted at the body shop, spray painted it black, spray paint, all right? They spray painted it black. The handles around all of the handles was neon green. 
All right? If you know the owner of this vehicle, don't tell him we talked about him. And don't direct him to the sermon on the website. But it was neon green, all right? And they had taken, they had taken a fluorescent yellow and spray-painted their rims, all right? A lot of us are doing that. I laughed so hard at that, and immediately God said, you know what, sometimes that's what you do. Sometimes you want to live your old life, and you don't exchange your life. You want to live your old life, and so what you do is, is you try your best. Let me tell you, whoever was driving that vehicle, they thought that looked awesome. They did. You know what I mean? They were going, shoot, roll up in Walmart, what's up? You know, here I am, I got, man, what's up with this, man? They got out and went, ah. you know, it probably came off on their hands because it was spray-painted, but they, they mopped it off, you know, they were like, Sure. And I noticed, let me say, Wendy has a habit. Uh, she has a spiritual gift of parking really close to people, so they bump the side of her car and get dents in it. That's her spiritual gift. And so I noticed that this truck had, had was, man, it was dead in the center. You know what I mean? Both doors could open. I mean, it was like nothing was going to hit this truck. All right. And we got out, and I looked, and I said, good Lord, what in the world? You know, what's funny is, is a lot of times, a lot of times, that's what we kind of do with our lives. We do. We do that with our lives. We do that often with our lives. Do you know why we do that with our lives? We do that, and here is the point I want you to get. I want you to hear this point, and this is the topic for today. This is step one of a three-step process that next week and the week after we're going to go through. This is step one, and this is the title of the message today. We don't remember our position in Christ. We don't remember our position in Christ. We don't remember who we are in Christ. And I want to tell you something. If you don't get anything else out of today, if all you've done is come and you sang and you've hung out and you're waiting for this to be over so you can get some chicken and rice or whatever you want to eat, if, if that's all, I want you to remember this one point. And it's point number one, and it's this. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. The thing that's causing you struggles, the things that's causing you stress, you don't have to live this way. And it really depends on how, how much you want to give up, how much you want to give over. It depends on that much of, of how much you'll live that way. You will continue to live the way you live until you decide to give up a lot of the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks, the baggage, the labels. You'll continue to do that. That's what you'll do. You'll continue to live that way. I want to, uh, I want to thank Stan for doing those pictures. Dan's taking a few pictures for us, but that's good if you're good. You good? You good? Because I'm, I'm talking, I'm going, all right, there's another one. I hope it was a good shot. Man, I hope it's not. And I keep going, hey, the thing is, y'all, is... Uh, anyway, thanks, Dan, for doing that. We've got some talented people here, and uh, we could never do all this without any, everybody. It's crazy how talented people are. So, um, but, uh, but listen, you, you live your life the way you live it because of the choices that you've made. And I'm telling you today that you don't have to live that way anymore. Let me tell you a story about my daughter, my daughter Bailey. We adopted my daughter Bailey from the Georgia Baptist Children's Home. I've talked about her before. But it's amazing. When we adopted her, something incredible happened. Something incredible happened. Whenever my daughter used to, she used to be at the Georgia Baptist Children's Home, they would go to churches. And they would go to churches for Christmas. And the churches meant well for Easter, Christmas. They meant so well. 
great loving people. These are mostly small churches that really the people didn't have a lot of money, but they would pour their money out for these, these, these kids in the children's home. And w- but what they would do is, is this. They would actually, they would, and they didn't mean any harm, and it's going to sound so bad when I say it, but it, they, and they had a loving heart about it. But they would say, hey, you guys, let's, uh, now it's time in the service where we bring the orphans from the children's home down. And they would bring them down and parade them in front. And they would give them their gifts. Never thinking a thing about the fact that they had labeled them orphans. And they had labeled them. They'll say, well, let me tell you something. Whenever, whenever my daughter, whenever my daughter was adopted by us, an amazing thing happened. We went up and we signed these forms. The judge signed the form. And at that point, at that moment, at that very second, she became a Williams. For better or worse, she became a Williams. All right? I told her, I said, you and your mama's chosen to be Williams. All right? Me and Blake didn't have a choice. Y'all chosen. <laughs> but but she, she became a Williams. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget because she, it took her a long time to figure out what that meant. See, it would make no sense. What if this? What if this were to happen? What if we were to go up and I would have brought Bailey home, you know, after adopting? And, you know, we had a room all set up. And, and we spent, I think our whole year's salary fixing up the room, and we we had all these things. What if we had all the room fixed up? We had everything ready to go. We had the house there. Everything was great. She was, we were all watching a movie, and I said this. I said, well, it's uh, it's time to go to bed, and I said, all right, baby. Well, let's go. Let's go, honey, and we went and got in the car, and I drove her back over to the Georgia Baptist Children's Home and walked her back into the room, and she laid there, and she went to sleep there, and the next morning, I would go pick her up, and, 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 I would, and, and then we did that day after day. You'd think I was crazy. You'd go, there's no way you'd do Why would you do that for? You don't do that. You'd never do that. You would never do that. Why wouldn't I ever do that? Well, she didn't belong there anymore. You see, back then, she was known as an orphan. But now, now she's a Williams with a family. She's a person with a family. She belongs. And it would make no sense for me, it would make no sense for me to drive her back out there and put her back in the same situation that she was in before. It'd make no sense. Can I tell you guys something? A lot of us are living a life where we are driving back and sleeping in the same old bed that we've slept in our whole life. Because we've forgotten our position in Christ. We've forgotten that we don't have to live this way. You know, my brother was the CFO of O'Charlie's. I'm very proud of my brother. He got to be the CFO of O'Charlie's. And I'll tell you what, it was so fun going to O'Charlie's with my brother. My brother had this card. It was called a gold card. Now, because he was CFO, every employee of O'Charlie's all over the country he signed their paychecks, all right? He had an auto signer, but when they got their check, they saw my brother's name, all right? Man, when we would go into O'Charlie's, it was always interesting because here's what would happen. We would sit down with my brother, and they would bring us these, you know, they'd bring us drinks. Uh, and I'm not knocking O'Charlie's, but their, their service is a little slow. All right, let me just say that. That's a side note. That's free. He don't work there anymore, so I can say it. Uh, so they would bring us these drinks, and, and it never failed because someone, the manager, 
the assistant manager, someone would recognize my brother. He would recognize him. And when that happened, everything changed. Everything changed. I'm talking about, you ever have one of those waiters that you take one drink of and they're like, here you go, here's more tea. There you go, there you go. You take a little bit, boom, there you go, there's more. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know about you guys, but every time I've ever went to old Charlie's, you about got back for a roll. You know what I'm saying? Here's what they did. They, I think they come to the table, they count one, two, three, four. Here's four rolls. I'm like, homeboy, I'm going to eat more than one roll, bro. I mean, you're going to give me the same number of rolls you're going to give Blake? He's four, all right? I'm going to eat more rolls than one. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, we went to old Charlie's, man, and it was like, I mean, I'm, I felt like I was in Sunbeam. I mean, they were bringing the rolls. It was like the roll after roll coming at you. And I'm talking about the food just like that, just like this, just like this, just like that. I love going there with him. The best part about going there with him is I didn't have to pay for anything because he had a card. He had a gold card, and he'd give it to him. And that'd be it. And I walked out getting everything for free. Why? Because of my brother's position. You see, my brother had this position, and, and I got benefits from my brother's position. And Bailey, my daughter Bailey, see, whenever she was adopted, she inherited this position, all right? And she didn't have to go back out and be an orphan anymore. All right? And I didn't have to settle just for one stinking roll before dinner. All right? I went in twos and threes. Why? Well, but because of the position. Because of the position. Guys, listen. You don't have to live the same way you've been living. When you live like your old self, that's how you're living. When you walk around with those burdens, when you walk around with those labels, when you walk around with those baggage, that's how you're living. That's exactly how you're living. That's why, that's why Scripture in 2 Corinthians says this. It says, hey, listen, everyone, everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Everyone is a new creation. Everyone is a new creation. I want you to know something. You have an enemy, and his goal, the enemy's goal is to keep you from remembering your position in Christ. The enemy's goal is to keep you from remembering your position in Christ. Don't believe me? Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, this is what it says. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, and I'll get there in a second. Genesis chapter 3, it says this. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all of the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Now I want you to stop there. I want you to get this. God didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. But with that sentence in verse 2, did God, I'm mean, sorry, in verse 1, it says this. It says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Did he really say that? And she says, no, 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 no. You don't understand who God is. Of course we may eat from the fruit in the trees in the garden, the woman replied. And go ahead and go, it's only the fruit from a particular tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed. God said, you must not eat it or, and I want you to, don't miss this, or touch it. Now, I want you to get this for a second. Satan has come on the scene like he does us. He's come on the scene. He's asked her a question about who, her identity and who God is and his identity. 
And immediately the woman says, uh, no, 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 no. He didn't say we couldn't eat of the tree. He said we couldn't eat of this particular tree, uh, and, and, and we're not allowed to touch it either. Can I tell you, you guys something? God never said they couldn't touch it. That's her. That's her addition. See, she's already started down the path of making God someone he's not. And Satan is going to make her someone that God didn't intend her to be. And he's going to do the same thing to Adam, and he's going to do the same thing to Cain and Abel, and he's going to do the same thing, and we go on and on and on, all the way up to you and all the way up to me. Let's go ahead and continue to read. It says, you won't die, the serpent replied. Oh, God, you know, God's a liar. You're not going to die. That's not who you are. You're independent. God knows that your eyes will be open. He's trying to keep something from you guys. He is. He's trying to keep something from you. As soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. For the woman was convinced, and she saw that the tree was beautiful, and, and, and the fruit looked delicious, and she wanted it, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and ate it. And we'll stop right there. I want you guys to see something. Later on in that text, you know what it says? It says that, and God began to search for them. And the man and woman, they hid. They hid because they, they, they were naked. And they hid from God. And God was looking for them, but they hid. And God asked them this question, who told you you were naked? They didn't know before. Who told you you were naked? Suddenly, the relationship that they had with God, the relationship of closeness. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm walking with God in the cool of the evening, in the breeze, and I'm talking with God, and I have a closeness with God like that, I don't want to do anything to mess that up. Yet all it took was one serpent, one, one serpent, one, one demon, one, the devil himself to come and say, oh, dude, God, uh, you've got this all messed up. See, you're missing out on something. See, you're missing out on this, or you're missing out on that. See, that's the trick. We have an enemy that doesn't want you to know your position in Christ. The main thing the serpent wanted is not for them to eat the fruit. That was the end result. The main thing he wanted was this. He wanted the relationship between Adam and Eve and God to be severed. Because if that relationship is solid, if that relationship is solid, there's nothing the enemy can do. The same thing is true for you. If you recognize who you are in Christ, if you recognize your position in Christ, if you recognize how much he loves you, if you recognize those things, there's nothing the enemy can do. And you're never going, excuse me, you're never going to change. You're never going to change until you recognize who you are in Christ. You have forgotten your position in Christ. And because you have forgotten your position in Christ, it is costing you year after year after year of the peace and of the joy that God has for you. I don't want to go on a Disney theme, but I will tell you this. I love a, mo a certain movie, not because I love it, but because my dad loved it. The movie The Lion King. All right? And every time I say The Lion King, you know what I think of? You know what I'm saying? Isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that cool? I just like that. I love it. And I have no idea what they're saying, but I act like I do. I don't know what, I don't even know what it says. I think they're speaking in like African tongues or something, but I don't know what it says. But I love that movie. Why do I love that movie? Well, because there's a lion named Simba, and Simba, because of a situation, has forgotten 
his position. Simba has forgotten his position. He's forgotten who he was. And it takes somebody to come to him and say, oh, yeah, you know what? I knew, I, I, I knew, I knew your dad. I know who you are. He's like, you knew who I am. Oh, I knew you. And you know what? I know your dad, too. I know him. I know your dad. And he shows him. He shows him this picture and says, this is who you are. This is who you are. You're not this, this little cub thing that's looking around scrounging for food. You are a powerful warrior. You're meant to be a king. You're meant to be king of the jungle. You're meant to be the king. And he realizes that. And he kicks Scar's butt, and that's it. That's the end of the movie, right? Yeah, that's the end of the movie. That's it. That's what happened. Can I tell you what? All throughout the scriptures, all throughout the scriptures, all throughout the scriptures, everything is pointing to Jesus. Everything. It's not about Moses and it's not about the Israelites, and it's not about the Old Testament, and it's not about dividing the Red Sea, and it's not about all these various stories. And in the New Testament, it's not about all these. Everything is pointing to Jesus. And do you know what Jesus is saying to you? Hey, listen, this is not who you are. I came and died so that you could have more. I came and died, and I want to walk beside you, and I want to help you. You're forgetting your position in Christ. You've forgotten your position in Christ. And because you've forgotten your position in Christ, you can go no further until you recognize who you are and whose you are in Christ. The final thing I want to tell you is this. No matter how you feel, and I put feel in parentheses, no matter how you feel, no matter how you feel, run to God. No matter how you feel, run to God. There's a story of a guy who came to his dad and says, Dad, I want the money that I'm supposed to get when you die. I want the money you're, I'm supposed to get. I know you're not dead yet, Dad, but I got needs and I need the bank. Give me the money. And so back then, the older son would get two-thirds and the younger son would get one-third. And the younger son took the one-third and he went out and the scripture says that he lived wild. All right? He lived wild. And it says this. It says that there's a moment where he was helping feed pigs. And he said, these pigs live better than the servants my dad has. And he says this. He says, I'm going to get up and go. I'm going to go back. And he did. He went back. And it's a beautiful illustration because this guy, this guy assumed that he had messed up so bad that when he went back, that he would actually, he would actually just be a servant for his dad. And the scripture says that he was walking down the road. And the exact text is this. And while, and while he was still a long way off, his father 
ran toward him and embraced him and immediately put him back to his rightful place. He says, we're going to have a party today because this child of mine that was once lost has been found. No matter what you feel, run to God. No matter what you feel, run to God. I want to close with this. I talked about Bailey and adoption. Um, a lot of times what we do is, is we always think the minimal. We think the minimum for God. We think that we'll just live a life and be fine and everything will be good. And if only, if only I could have this and this, I'll be happy. Whenever we adopted Bailey, one of the things, at the Georgia Baptist Children's Home, they operate mostly on charitable donations. And so the kids mostly, what they do is, is there's a lot of grocery stores around the area. Kroger, Publix, Bradley's in, in Palmetto. There's a lot of places that donate food to these kids. And so most of the food was donated, all right? So I want you to know the kids, had, didn't, they don't have a choice as to what to eat, all right? It's not one of these things where you're like, oh, we're having spaghetti now. I think I'll eat peanut butter. All right, now you're having spaghetti, all right? Because the peanut butter ain't coming till tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so whenever Bailey came to live with us, one of the things, one of the things that, that she, she did is she didn't understand the concept of eating whatever you want. Of it's, if it's in the, and so she would come and say, hey, uh, listen, I noticed there was one of those Swiss cake rolls. Uh, can I have that? And I'm like, yeah, you, you can have that. Yeah, have two of them if you want to. I don't care. Okay, uh, okay. And, and I, hey, hey, listen, I'm kind of hungry. Can, can I get one of those peanut butter and crackers? Sure, you can get one of those. And that went on and on, day after day, week after week. And Wendy would go to the store, and we'd always say the same thing. Hey, do you want anything? You want anything? And she'd go, uh, um, I'll, I'll take, um, uh, how, how about just some, I don't know, uh, some, oh, I'll take some Swiss cake roll. Oh, okay. Are you sure that's all you want? You don't need anything else? Uh, no, no, that's, that's good. And then a couple weeks would go by. She started writing some stuff down in her room. I didn't know she was doing this. Hey, guys, I'm getting ready to go to the grocery store. Does anybody want anything? Hold on a second. And she'd go upstairs. And she'd get the list. All right. Here's what I want. And she would list off maybe one or two things. Is that all you want? And she'd have a longer list. She'd go, uh, that's all I want. Well, then she figured out that instead of having to write down the list, it'd be better just to go to the store with her mom. And so she went to the store with her mom. First time, came back, hey, how did uh, how'd Bailey do? She, she did fine, you know. She just wanted one or two little things, and we got her some different kind of shampoo or whatever. And, oh, okay, cool, cool, all right. And a couple weeks later, hey, I'll go to the store with Mom again. And a couple weeks later, I'll go to the store with Mom again. After about six months, 
Our grocery bill went through the roof. And I noticed something. I noticed that, that we would spend all this money on food, but there was never any snack food in the pantry. So I said, hey, I said, uh, where's the food at? And at that time, Blake wasn't old enough to know how to sneak around food. He was only like five. You know, you don't grow those incredible man skills until you're like eight. Um, and so, and so, um, and I was like, hey, anybody have any idea where the food is? Because uh, I know there was some like, you know, graham crackers and stuff in there. I don't know where they are. All right. And I'm jonesing for a cracker. You know, when you're jonesing for a graham cracker, you've got to have one. And I was like, so I need to go to the store. No, no, no. Well, where are they at? And I'll never forget it. One day, Wendy came down, and she had a big old bag of stuff. She goes, boom, she popped it on the ground. She goes, you see this? I said, yeah, man, it looks like heaven to me. There's like, <laughs> like Nutty Butters and like Oreos and M&Ms. And she said, you know what this is? I said, dinner? I don't know. She said, this was all in Bailey's room. Mm. Oh. And so she, she came home, and I was like, hey, why do you have all this stuff in your room? And she had to look like, found my stash. You guys ever had your stash found? Found my stash. And she, I was like, you, 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 don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to do this. You don't have to hold, you don't have to do this. And so she put it all in there. But can I tell you guys something? Nine months into her being our child, we had to stop her from going to the store. Because it went from, no, I'll just take one small little graham cracker to, woohoo, it's party time up in here. You know? She would go down the aisle and just do an arm, just rake everything. I mean, I'm telling you, man. We had like eight kinds of cereal. I don't even eat cereal. I was like, why do we need five different kinds of cereal? And I hate all of it. And it would go bad. Because there was no sweets in there, so I would get some something. You know, I, you ever had a, had a Jones in for maybe some ice cream or something, but there was no ice cream, but you had a little cereal. And it was sugar cereal, so you're like, okay, I can get my sugar high off this. I don't have to go down the store, and, you know, to get some purity ice cream. So, well, that's how it was. And so finally, Wendy, I said, hey, Wendy, I said, uh, we're going to have to get rid of one of the kids in the car, all right, because we can't afford it. Too much food. She said, well, we're going to have to talk to Bailey about not going anymore. So we went back to the list. We went back to the list. You see, here's the situation. When she first came to live with us, she just wanted the minimum because she thought that she should be happy just to kind of be in the premise around the family, just to no longer be who she was before. She should just settle for that. But here's the situation, you guys. The closer she got to us, the closer she got to us, and listen, don't miss this, the more she realized how much we loved her, she began to realize this she began to realize that her position was not one of orphan anymore. It was one of child. And she didn't have to do everything like she used to do. She didn't have to hoard food anymore like she used to do at the children's home. She didn't have to do all those things anymore. She could be exactly who she was, and she could be part of the family, and she could enjoy the fruits of being part of that family. You see, the closer she got to us, the more she trusted and loved us. I want to tell you something. The closer you get to God, 
the more you give up those things that you think that you need, the more God will change you. And it won't be a work. It won't be a work. She didn't have to work to make the list. She, it wasn't something difficult. It was something that came naturally. She remembered her position in our family. We have forgotten our position in Christ. And the first thing, the first thing to a three-step process of change is remembering your position in Christ. Remembering your position in Christ. I'm going to say this once again. You don't have to live that way. Jesus wants to fill your cart. He does. You just have to let him. Remember your position in Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we so often forget what it is that you've done for us. We forget all of the things that you've, that you've done to make it so that we can actually be the person and the people that you want us to be. God, we so oftentimes settle for the small things. We so oftentimes settle for the, the mundane, and we, we just almost, it's almost like we want to try to get by. Let me just get by with, with this life. Let me just get by with these. God, that's not at all what you want for us. You didn't come and die so that we could live a get-by life. No, God, it's not about us. It's about you. But the closer we get to you, the more we begin to look like you and act like you and embrace who you've made us to be. There is no change that happens. There's no change that happens. We can fake it for a while, but there's no change for us until we fully remember who we are in you. We are part of the family. We are someone that's been adopted into the family. And so, God, we just ask you to let us recognize that and let us understand who we are. We're not coming from a position that's on high. That's what you do. We're coming from a position of lowliness, and we only look to you for our provision. And it's amazing because one time we were all orphans. We were all orphans living a life that we know, we know wasn't pleasing because it wasn't fulfilling to us. It, it, deep down, there was something in our spirit that we knew. And you came and you plucked us out. And the scripture says that you did that so that we could be called the, son of, the sons of God, so that we could be called children of God, so that we could be called the, the, the people that you bestow upon these things and it's all because of Christ and so God don't let us be people that forget our position in Christ God we ask you to remind us daily ah, you know what that's not who I am God made me someone better I don't have to do this thing over and over again I don't have to be angry all the time I don't have to be frustrated I don't have to be jealous I don't have to be trying to impress everyone it's just you and so God I ask you, God, to let us be reminded of that even now. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.